It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. A lot of fallout from a lot of different fronts, including Joe Biden, uh, his obvious mental cognitive decline on display. It's becoming very dangerous. Uh, Will Smith, he displayed some cognitive decline uh, at the Oscars the other night. A lot of fallout. Uh, with regard to that, um, the only person who's really, I think, functioning on all cylinders mentally is uh, Ron DeSantis, actually. <laughs> I have some details on the uh, parental law that protects kids from being taught about sex and sexuality between the ages of, oh, I don't know, like four to around nine. I, I know. And that's controversial, according to some people in the country, according to the radical LGBTQRSTUV. WXYZ uh, minority, who, by the way, have become bullies. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty. There's no movement in the country for, I don't know, uh, kids who were fat and were bullied as children. There's no, like, uh, you know, any kind of legislation that they're fighting against, no lies that they're telling about their, uh, you know, whatever. And they, they haven't become bullies. Generally, kids who get bullied aren't bullies. But uh, not so much with the radical LGBTQ plus plus A, double A, triple A, uh, faction of uh, whatever party. So all of that is coming out. I was thinking a, a lot about what happened yesterday with regard to the reaction to Will Smith's uh, slapping of Chris Rock. And there have been a lot of uh, people who've uh, said, well, he was defending her honor, and you know, and that's fine. He was defending her honor. And, and then there are other people who are saying, uh, you know, this was absolutely wrong. It should have never happened. Um, after kind of digesting this a little bit, and, and, and the first thing I thought was, Will Smith is a very, very, very powerful man in Hollywood. He is uh, from Philadelphia, you know, and uh, uh, and his, his uh, mother still lives there and the family still lives there. They were all shocked and kind of freaked out about how he reacted at the Oscars with uh, smacking Chris Rock. But, but Will Smith is powerful enough to sit in the front row at the Oscars, to walk up on stage, think about this, who has the power to walk up on stage in front of, well, not a lot of people in this country, but traditionally around the world, about a billion people watching the Oscars, walk up, physically assault the host, walk back to his seat, sit down, utter profanity like has never been heard on the Oscars before, although it was bleeped for, uh, for many people, and then accept an award later in the show like nothing ever happened. And I got to thinking about that, and, and then I, I kind of thought about, well, think about all the other things, that you know, like uh, Hunter Biden. Did you know Hunter Biden in the last, like, 300 days, none of the major networks has mentioned his name, ABC, CBS, NBC, none of them have mentioned his name, despite all of the stories, despite the New York Times coming out and saying that, yeah, the, the laptop's for real, all the stuff in the laptop is for real, and uh, this would mean that everything in the laptop is for real, then, then Joe Biden and the, uh, the Biden family are the most corrupt family in the history of American politics, and Joe Biden is compromised as the president of the country. That said, uh, Hunter Biden is able to walk up to, uh, I guess, the American press figuratively, smack them in the face, walk back and sit down like nothing happened. And the American press says nothing about it. And the only thing that came to my mind with regard to both instances is privileged. We hear a lot of things about privileged and white people are privileged and, and you know, this guy's privileged and you can't, you know, even if you adopt 
uh, children of color. You're a white couple and you decide you want to adopt children of color. You're still privileged and you're doing it because you're trying to uh, allay some sort of guilt that you have about being so privileged and so white. And then I think about my family, you know, uh, largely uh, farmers, um, uh, uh, blue-collar workers. My, my nephew, he, uh, he lays pipe for a living. And, and in Hollywood, that's something completely different. But what he does, he puts in irrigation systems. Then in the wintertime, he has a, a snow removal business. And he works hard, man. You shake his hand, you're like, my God, he's like shaking hands with the thing. Because he's you know, got these rough hands and he works really hard and he's not a racist and he doesn't, he's not privileged. He works his ass off for the little house that he has in Council Bluffs, Iowa. And I respect him for that. And then you got guys in, in West Virginia who go down to these holes in the ground and they dig out coal so that uh, rich people in L.A. could go to Oscar ceremonies and, uh, and ride around in electric cars that, uh, that they want everybody to mandate to use, even though most of us, well, our power plants are run by coal. And those people are privileged. There can be no bigger privilege than being able to walk up on a stage in front of your peers, in front of one billion people, smack a man in the face, open-handed, go back and sit down and have everybody just sit there and say nothing. Nothing. I'd say that's pretty darn privileged. I posted that thought last night on uh, Twitter. And I put it on Facebook, and I mean, I got a gigantic response from uh, Facebook. I got a gigantic response on Getter, G-E-T-T-R, Getter. And I think I struck a nerve there. Because there are two classes of people in the country. There's uh, us and them. (laughs) Hollywood's elite, Washington's elite, they are the them and we are the us, ladies and gentlemen. We are the us. And I would much rather be an us than them any day of the freaking week. We have a woman who was nominated for the Supreme Court of the United States of America whose initial nomination was based on two things. Woman, black. There you go. And then, while they nominate her because she's woman and black, like Joe Biden said he was going to do during the campaign, it just so happens she's really into critical race theory and the 1619 Project and everything that American voters have been rejecting in schools. Virginia got a new governor because of this, a Republican governor and a Republican AG and a Republican lieutenant governor because of CRT and the 1619 Project and the sexualization of our children in schools. Oh, my God! And the only way to get that into the Supreme Court now is to own both houses of Congress and uh, pull some strings. I got some very big news on uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson, the school that she was a board member on. Oddly enough, on the, on the school that she's a board member on, unlike in San Francisco, three board members out there were literally booted from the school board because they were so far left of center. And the only way to continue this moist dream of the class of 1968 that they've been slobbering over for 50-plus years, now that it's going to be rejected so ungodly profoundly at the, at the ballot box in, in November, if they aren't able to steal it again like they did in 2020, the only way that they can keep that little light burning is to put that light on the Supreme Court. We got to do this. Everything's riding on this. 
everything's riding on this. And while all this was going on, well, let's hope that uh, 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 maybe Will Smith can distract everybody from this over there. And, and, and maybe Joe Biden uh, shooting his mouth off and, and uh, all this. And maybe the, the, the Russian-Ukraine war, maybe that'll distract from all of this. And let me just say before we go any further, uh, let's not have a debate about whether you think that the Will Smith smack was real or not. You may say it was fake. Fine. I say it's real. Fine. We're not going to debate it. We're not going to talk about was he leaning into it. We're not going to say if he turned his head because a lot of things can happen when you're about to get hit in the head. Your body automatically reacts by kind of turning away a little bit. Generally, unless you're completely cold clocked, kind of like, I don't know, a, a Democrat in New York hitting an Asian person in the face. You know, kind of like that. Then you don't even notice it. So let's just take that off. The, I'm not going to debate it. I'm not going to debate it. You believe it was fake. I believe it was real. A couple of reasons why. A, I have acted before. I've been a voice actor for a very long time. I've done a lot of acting on the radio. I'm not acting now. And I've been hit like that before <laughs> by my now wife, thank you very much, when we were dating. And it is, woo, it is tough to recover. I'll just tell you that. I will just tell you that. To start, we're going to talk about Joe Biden. We're going to talk about those words that he said, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power, which is what I've been saying about Joe Biden for, I don't know, about a year. But we're going to talk about those words, the meaning of those words, and the walking back of those words and other words by Joe Biden over the weekend, and the very real, not possibility, the fact that Joe Biden is cognitively impaired and dangerous on the world stage and to the American people and our sovereignty. That's what we'll start with. And then it's just going to get better. This man cannot remain powerful. Now, a lot of uh, conservatives are saying that about Joe Biden, and, and rightfully so, because um, we've all wondered about his cognitive ability for a very long time. I started using the, uh, the emperor's new clothes analogy when Barack Obama was the president of the United States, because we have a collective of uh, the mainstream media, the Democrat Party, now big social media, that is willing to say the emperor's clothes are fabulous. Stop it! And he's naked. <clears throat> Completely, completely naked. Joe Biden, if he was your uncle, you wouldn't give him the car keys. You would not. Please. I don't give a crap who you are. You would not say, hey, Uncle Joe, we're driving into town for some ice cream. Here, you go. No, I don't think so. And the day that you stop denying that is the day that you'll begin to live in the real world and realize how freaking dangerous this is. We have a lot of children running a lot of institutions. We've got a lot of children running the media. We've got a lot of children who are activists. We've got a lot of children who are in college telling people what they can say and what they cannot say. We've got a lot of people, a lot of children in Washington, D.C. who are doing the same thing. Jen Psaki. And it's time for the adults to step in and say... Hey, kids, we live in a really cruel world. We live in a world where Kim Jong-un, the reason why he's firing off missiles into the South China Sea is because he's fantasizing about wiping us off the face of the freaking planet. And so is uh, China, and so is Russia, and so is Afghanistan and the Taliban. But we're all so terrified, tiptoeing around, feeble old Uncle Joe over here, who's saying things literally that could start a war... 
And we don't want to say anything. They just, we can't say anything. Joe Biden said this the other day about Vladimir Putin. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Now, he was hoping that would be the Ronald Reagan tear down this wall moment. It was not that. It was not that. It was not received well. And consequently, the president had to walk it back. And his minions had to walk it back. Here he is literally saying that it didn't happen. So much experience. You are the leader of this country. Because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes we're going to take down. I was, going to, I was talking about taking down Putin. Nope. Nobody believes we were trying to take down Putin. And yet he said this. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. And this is what he said before the uh, God help us all that noise. Uh, listen to him speaking. He can barely get words out. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. For free people refuse to live in a world. For free people refuse. For free people refuse is what he said. He said, for free people, we re- are you kidding? Of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. He really thought, and his handlers really thought, that if he went over and he did a speech that was exciting and and strong, that somehow he could become Ronald Reagan. But the problem is, um, what the hell is it? He's not Ronald Reagan! He's a 50-year failed bureaucrat in Washington, D.C., who has never done anything right, and he hasn't done anything right since he got into office. I don't know if you noticed lately, um, 40-year high for inflation, gas prices through the ceiling, tractor-trailer drivers, people who own trucks having to fill their tanks for $1,000 versus $500 when uh, Donald Trump was a president, and that was expensive then. Now it's becoming untenable. I've never in my life, and I've been on the planet 56 years. Yeah, I'm old, whatever, I don't care. I'll arm wrestle you. Uh, that's what I told my son the other day. Look, bring it, bring it, little man. Bring your, come on, bring it, bring it, bring it. Back down. So I smacked him just like, no, I didn't, I did not. I don't smack my kids. I never believed that I could drive by a car dealership and not see any new cars. Not see any new cars. And when you think about this, think about all the things they made us do uh, two summers ago. They told us we couldn't go to church and have barbecues, and we couldn't go to concerts, and we couldn't open our businesses, and they went on and on and on, and we had to stand six feet apart from other people, and we would wear stupid masks, and our kids had to wear stupid masks, and our kids couldn't go to school. Then they did hybrid learning, then they had to wear stupid masks. It's just unbelievable. All of the things that we have been fed, all of the things that we have been fed, and it just keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going. And now we drive by car lots, and there are no new cars. And we go to grocery stores, and there are empty store shelves. And if you think this is it, you're high. Think about the world that we live in, you and I, freedom-loving Americans. I grew up, you know, watching Schoolhouse Rock listening to uh, the, the, the preamble of the Constitution, and I'm just building all that stuff, going to school, standing for the, uh, for the Pledge of Allegiance every day, not thinking twice about it, being proud of my country, not looking at color, not looking at all this, and now what the hell are we today? 
We have car lots that look like Cuba and grocery stores that look like Venezuela. And if you look at all of the things added up together, including what's going on and has been going on in academia, what has been going on in our government with regard to the ruling party right now, we are in a very dangerous place. And I'm not a panic monger. It's just that when you add all of these things together, they add up to something that is unlike anything we've seen before. And we all collectively have to say, no, not acceptable. No, this man is not cognitively able to be the most powerful politician in the world. He's not. And for our own safety and sanity, this man needs to leave office. But it'll be much worse with Kamala Harris in the White House. Well, who the hell knows? I, I Listen, I, of course she's a buffoon. Of course she's a tool. Of course she is nothing more than a couple of checked boxes and no brain. But then you've got a guy going over to Poland and saying, for God's sake, this man cannot be president anymore, to the, uh, the leader of the former Soviet Union, a former Soviet himself, who dreams of a new Soviet empire and has, I don't know, about a thousand nukes. Hey guys, it's Carson for Gold Co. I don't think I need to explain that we are in some very difficult times right now with Joe Biden as the president. Inflation and interest rates are Biden's only way out of our $28 trillion federal debt. So if you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k or savings, your money is at risk. All right, learn more about the IRS loophole that thousands of Americans are using to protect their retirement. This is important. Call 855-735-3740, 855-735-3740 to get your free IRS loophole kit. That's right, 855-735-3740, and my friends at Gold Co. will give you up to 10% in free silver with a qualified account. Gold Co. has helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation, taxes, interest rates, bad presidents. Yeah, I said that out loud, <laughs> so what are you waiting for? Call now. Here is a big exchange yesterday. Peter Ducey uh, asking him. Peter Ducey's done a a marvelous job uh, as a reporter, by the way. Um, And here he is with a a, a little smackdown on the three things that Joe Biden is walking back today. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back? What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. You know why it sounded like it? Um, Because he said all those things. We know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three... Mr. President, you, you interpret the language that way. That, that water there, that water there in the swimming pool is not wet. It is not wet water. That is what dry as a bone water. I was talking to the troops. We we're talking about helping train the troops in that are the, the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. Okay, now he is actually saying that we are training uh, Ukrainian troops in Poland, uh, which uh, nobody knew about. That's with the context. I sat there with So a, he steps into one pile of dog crap. Before he can wipe off his shoe, he steps in another one. Those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending to I was see referring to with 
meeting with and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops who are in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind. It will trigger a significant response. Yeah, kind of a response is what I really meant, actually. I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? I'm not going to tell you. It's a secret. You're not going to tell you. you can't, it's a secret. You can't get that secret from me. It's a secret. So there you go. So there. That's what I just said, because I'm president. It's a little uh, montage. This is the uh, Biden gaff denial montage that I uh, got this morning from my friend uh, Joe Biden saying stuff, then, uh, then the media and the White House walking it all back. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. The White House trying to make clear in the aftermath, or making very clear in the aftermath, he was not, in fact, calling for regime change. And you're going to see when you're there, and some of you have been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women. Young people standing stand in the middle of the front. When you 82nd Airborne troops are going to be there in uh, in Ukraine. Oh, I know you didn't know about it. Surprise! Oh, damn tank. White House officials are telling us that <laughs> President Biden does not intend to send U.S. troops into Ukraine. If chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military spo- response from NATO? It would trigger a response in kind. The United States has no intention of using chemical weapons, period, wow. under any circumstance. Uh, This is funny. Uh, Here's Rand Paul last night. I think he was uh, talking to Tucker about cognitive decline and how people are covering for Joe Biden right now. Well, you know, a lot of times when you're around somebody who's in cognitive decline, you find yourself trying to help them with the sentence, trying to help them complete it and saying, oh, no, that's not what you really mean. Let me help you complete the sentence. Oh, yeah. Uh, But we shouldn't have to do that for the commander. What he's trying to say is chief, and it is actually a national security risk because he's sending signals that no one in their right mind would want to send to Russia at this point. We aren't trying to replace Putin in Russia. We aren't trying to have regime change. We're not sending troops into ukraine and we're yeah we're pushing for regime change and i think biden needs a diaper change thank you very much i'll be here all week try the veal don't smack me not going to respond in kind with chemical weapons so none of those things are true but you know he lives in an alternate universe where he just says they're not true and he didn't say them so i guess you're supposed to look the other way but even the left-wing media jokes your pants you're not wearing any is noticing these gaffes so I do think that it is a real problem, and there's a humorous angle to this, but it's really not funny. I mean, because we're worried about what he's saying precipitating or escalating uh, you know, the conflict in Ukraine into a world war. That's very serious. Yeah, there is that, and then there's a 40-year inflation high, and there's the empty store shelves, you can't buy a new car, and, you know, that sort of stuff. But other than that, everything is just fine. And, of course, uh, Joe Biden, when he was uh, talking from Card yesterday, said that we were training Ukrainian troops in Poland, which would have been uh, classified information. Here's Ted Cruz, uh, Senator, with his response to that. Watching the the, the cascade of blunders from Biden, uh, that's five gaffes in 48 hours. I I don't recall ever seeing an American president mess things up so but if he was on gaff jeopardy he would totally totally be in the final round badly from calling for regime change then calling that back from suggesting america would launch chemical weapons to walking that back yeah that's from suggesting the 82nd airborne would be sent to ukraine to calling that back that's true he also said sanctions never were despite their talking points having been for months that that, that the threat of sanctions is Mm. precisely why he waived sanctions on Nord Stream 2 when Biden was trying to explain all of this he said well the explanation is that Americans are training Ukrainian troops in Poland there was what okay if that's the case I don't know about it but if that's the case that is surely classified and it may be that he's 
explaining classified secrets on national television. This is like Mr. Magoo as president, where every time he explains one thing, it gets worse and worse and worse. And we've got nuclear weapons pointed at each other. It is incredibly dangerous, this kind of presidential weakness. Uh, it is. And uh, Leon Panetta actually thinks he knows the reason why. It's because Joe Biden is Irish. I happen to think that Joe Biden, uh, you know, is Irish, uh, really has a great deal of compassion when he sees that people are suffering. Uh, and I, I... Uh, you other nationalities, you seriously don't have any compassion for others. It's all belongs to us Irish caucasoids right over here. I think uh, it overwhelmed him in the sense of seeing all of the horrors that were resulting from this war. So, uh, you know, from a personal point of view, I understand why he said it. Uh, but at the same time... I thought if he was Irish, he'd be picking a fight with him. Time. Um, or getting drunk, one or the other. I could say that, you see, because I'm Irish and English. When you're president of the United States, you just have to be disciplined to make sure you don't make comments that ultimately have to be clarified by the White House. Yeah, and you also have to have your brain working. You might want to add that there, uh, Mr. Panetta. One of my favorite guests, uh, one person that I never miss on social media is Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch. He is uh, just terrific, and he's got a lot of stuff on his plate today, as always, and some victories that are going in his direction. Tom Fitton joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. How are you doing, sir? Good afternoon. Good to be with you. Thank you. It's great to have you on, Tom. I uh, There's a lot to get to, um, and I've uh, just kind of touched on Biden family corruption right now. We had the admission by the New York Times that the Biden laptop was uh, was real. That was, uh, of course, admitted by Politico a year earlier, and before that exposed by the New York Post, which I would assume will corroborate all of the corruption money, not only between uh, Hunter Biden, but his father, and really expose, I believe, the most corrupt uh, family in the history of the United States. Uh, do you think we've made any headway uh, with regard to that and getting the message out to the American people and our American people finally getting it? Well, I mean, oftentimes on issues of public corruption, it's uh, usually only one segment of the population that cares about it, which is the population that doesn't like the politicians uh, to begin with. Um, <laughs> You know, in this case, there's little doubt, despite the partisanship, that Joe Biden has a major corruption issue. And the question is, is our Justice Department and legal system able to investigate that in a way that inspires confidence in the fair administration of justice? And I don't believe that to be the case. They haven't demonstrated it to be the case. There's a Wall Street Journal story out uh, as we speak suggesting uh, that the DOJ is focusing on monies paid by Burisma and um, uh, places like China uh, to Hunter Biden. What I think is absent from these reports is the idea uh, or, or the follow-up on the evidence that the money also benefited uh, Joe Biden, which the laptop and other evidence seems to suggest it did. And uh, if that's the case, what what is DOJ doing other than covering up for Joe? Well, there's been a lot of uh, talk about uh, Hunter Biden being indicted, uh, Joe Biden uh, pardoning him. There are some uh, cues, I think, that the media are giving, that uh, the Justice Department are giving, that would point in that direction. What do you think? What are your thoughts on the whole thing? Well, I'm suspicious, uh, but I don't know. You know, I, I just don't think we can uh, have an investigation of Hunter Biden 
without uh, a special counsel investigation, uh, without a special counsel taking it over. Look, there are these regulations in the Justice Department. I'm not a fan of the institution of special counsel, uh, but that's what the rules are. And the rules are there has to be a special counsel when there's a conflict of interest for the Justice Department to investigate a matter. And in this case, the matter involves the son of the president, and it implicates the president himself. And the idea there hasn't been a special counsel is just one more chapter of um, the worst corruption scandal in American history, yes. which is the abuse and targeting of Donald Trump by this Justice Department and all these other agencies, while people like Joe Biden and others, where there is actual substantive evidence of criminal activity, are protected. I saw this headline this morning, NBC, CBS, and ABC, uh, this according to Media Research Center, have not mentioned Hunter Biden's name in 259 days. I find that this this is Soviet Union kind of stuff to me, that even after the admission by the New York Times, which was buried 22 paragraphs into the story, that the three major players, uh, as far as network television are concerned, have not even mentioned his name, which says to me there is a cabal between uh, mainstream media, big social media, and the Democrat Party. What are your thoughts? Well, we already knew that cabal was taking place in terms of, uh, or it was an operation with the massive suppression or effort to discount the information about the Hunter Biden laptop in 2020, just before the election. And the suppression of it since is, uh, com- you know, uh, is is uh, confirms that uh, collusion uh, would continue after Biden was elected and is continuing to this day. I mean, to start reporting on it is to uh, result in questions like, why isn't there a special counsel? What did Joe Biden know and and when? What about Joe Biden's personal finances? Why is yes. there an investigation going on there? You have Hunter Biden material suggesting he was paying for a lot of Joe Biden's expenses with these ill-gotten monies, and that he was giving a cut of his money to, uh, uh, to his father. Yes. Well, how, well, what's going on there? Why has there been an investigation? And uh, this media is more interested in text messages uh, between Ginny Thomas and Mark Meadows uh, than they are about whether uh, Joe Biden's corruption, for instance, in Ukraine, or the family corruption in Ukraine, may have um, implicated or caused the national security crisis in the sense of, uh, you know, Putin looking at what he needed to do, what he wanted to do in Ukraine, yeah. and saying, well, I'm going to do it because Biden's corrupt. And I know he's corrupt because look what Hunter was up to. Yeah, I want to ask you about Jenny Thomas's uh, text messages. Do you, and, and there's a lot of talk about uh, uh, Clarence Thomas has to recuse himself for anything uh, associated with January the 6th. Uh, d- what do you think about those, of the, those communications? Uh, the left is attacking the Supreme Court, wants to intimidate Clarence Thomas. He's unlikely to be intimidated, so uh, by targeting Thomas and Ginny, uh, they intimidate other justices on the court. Uh, they're very nervous about the court um, and upset about the court being uh, largely controlled by conservatives. And what they can't control, they will destroy. What about uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson? Uh, the uh, hearings uh, have all been um, postponed, I guess. The decision has been postponed. Uh, what are your thoughts on the judge, her performance, and, and her being a Supreme Court justice? Well, I knew she was a left-wing activist. I was surprised in an unpleasant way by her uh, to learn of her activism uh, for more lenient sentences for certain pedophiles. And that's pretty extraordinary. Uh, I was shocked that she refused to define the word woman 
uh, <laughs> pretended that she couldn't define it. And uh, her, uh, and I didn't know, for instance, about the fact that she was uh, running a school that embraced uh, CRT and other racially divisive approaches to learning in, their sc- in the school curriculum. Uh, and, um, and of course her, her selection is the result of, uh, race and sex discrimination by Joe Biden, who refused to consider other candidates based on race and sex alone. You know, all those reasons combine, um, uh, to, in my view, require the Senate to reject her nomination. Uh, the problem is Republicans have been planning to lose, uh, so they're behind the eight ball, even despite her disastrous uh, uh, Senate confirmation hearings, which which kind of raised issues that I don't think the American people were aware of before and put her back politically, at least in terms of her confirmation. But we'll see what happens. I've been focusing a lot on my show with regard to uh, the 2020 election and uh, massive fraud, uh, everything from Wisconsin to Arizona to uh, Georgia. I know that you've been looking into Georgia. we got Dinesh D'Souza. He's got a new film out where he was actually able to track 2,000 vote mules in the state of Georgia. Uh, what have you discovered about and what have you uncovered in the state of Georgia? And where is uh, the election fraud uh, expose maybe turning things around for Donald Trump? Uh, what are you seeing? Well, we have some litigation in, in Georgia to try to figure out why it is, for instance, the state leaders down there signed uh, a consent decree with uh, the leftists to change the rules in a way that undermined confidence in the elections. And, you know, those are the sorts of basic questions that need to be answered. And those are the basic questions. There are the, the changing of the rules in a way that undermine confidence in the election systems uh, may have been contrary to law. And if that's the case, that kind of further, confer, you know, further raises questions mm-hmm. about the legitimacy of the 2020 elections. I mean, what the left wants to do is they want to outlaw uh, any questions about the 2020 election? You're not allowed to dispute elections that the left, uh, uh, where the results uh, the left likes, and um, we're not going to stop asking questions. Yeah. You have these. You're you're pointing out some more information coming out of Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. You have a court decision in Pennsylvania, uh, for instance, that suggests that the uh, necessarily suggests that the 2020 election was illegally run and those votes that were counted. Uh, the methodology that resulted in Biden winning was was not listed under state law there. Mm-hmm. Now, whether yeah. it's too late to do anything about it, probably is. But you know, you you know, this is one of the reasons this president is so unpopular because half the country thinks his moral claim on the presidency is is uh, weak. Tom, I got to tell you, and I've said from the get go that anytime the uh, the mainstream media, big social media, and the Democrat Party say that something is misinformation or disinformation, a term that was coined by Joseph Stalin in 1923. It means that you know the truth. And I liken to all these fires that we're talking about, uh, Biden um, corruption and uh, the, the 2020 election as a twister board where the, the circles are on fire. And uh, the mainstream media is trying to put out each one of these fires. Do you suppose that these are dominoes that are beginning to fall? You've had the uh, Russia collusion hoax fall. You've had the to some degree, the uh, the uh, origins of the COVID virus fall. You had the uh, Hunter Biden laptop fall. Do you suppose the next thing is going to be 2020 election? Do you suppose after that there will be others? Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, the media and the left and the Democrats are so intent on threatening 
and punishing anyone who asks questions. I think uh, the election issue is kind of a, at least the 2020 is a different matter. I mean, they're, they're right now trying to jail people who raise questions about the 2020 election. And that hasn't happened in those other topics you're asking about. Uh, so that's going to be a much more difficult road, uh, road to hoe. And, uh, and it raises disturbing questions about how the next two elections are going to be handled. If there are disputes about the way they're being conducted and how votes have been counted and things like that, uh, you know, the danger is for one half of the country, uh, they're going to pretend doesn't exist. And, yeah, you know that yeah. that would be disastrous for our republic. Uh, real quick, you had um, a lawsuit in the state of Maryland with regard to gerrymandering. Where is that, and what have you? Uh, what what has happened with regard to that? We won. Yes, you know, Maryland Democrats uh, uh, imposed a radical, extreme, unconstitutional plan. Uh, extreme, by the way, that's the language the court used. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a Democrat judge, by the way. In uh, coming up with this partisan gerrymander, and for those of your listeners who don't know what a gerrymander is, they redraw congressional maps, the map, you know, the district in which you win to pick your congress, which you live to pick your congressman, and uh, those maps were an abomination. Uh, They they made no sense in terms of uh, local jurisdictions. They weren't compact. They you know, they look like uh, Rorschach tests, right? And the court looked at that and said that it's not appropriate because, they were, you know, it's one thing to be partisan in your gerrymanders. It's another thing to be abusive. And they set up a system or a map in which virtually no Republican could win in any congressional district across the state of Maryland, even though 35 percent of Republicans, 35 percent of registered voters are Republican. Yeah, yeah. So the it's like threw it out. So now they're going to have to come up with something new. I I suspect there'll still be legal fights about what they come up with, but we'll see. Uh, what, but I do know, um, you know, for the first time in Maryland history, a congressional uh, redistricting map was thrown out uh, thanks to Judicial Watch litigation. Well, thanks for all the work you do, Tom, and, and continued success. I, I, I feel optimistic, despite uh, the headlines, uh, I feel optimistic that things are going to start to fall, and they are beginning to fall. Tom, people can find you on Getter. They can find you on Twitter. Uh, also, um, would you like to mention any other sites and also how we can help out Judicial Watch? Sure. We're on YouTube and Facebook and, of course, JudicialWatch.org, JudicialWatchOneWord.org. All the lawsuits and documents Love that it. we've uncovered about Hunter, our lawsuit about Maryland, all that's there. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.